Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Let's get into it. Episode 120. That's two sixties. You're welcome. Click pitch. Tell us about it, Trevor. <laughs> click pitch is a game where we both have a random word generator in front of us on the count of three to one click. We're going to click refresh. We're going to get our words. We're going to mash them together. We'll come up with a game design and then we throw it away with the bathwater and get new words and start all over again. Good job. 45 second intro. No one's going to skip that. Three to one click. <laughs> <laughs> Clear. 10. 120 is 12 tenths. That's and that's horrible. What was that? Uh, never mind. Uh, clear 10. All right. Maybe this is some sort of sports thing where you have to clear 10 of something. Or like a um, uh, Evil Knievel style. What do you call those guys? Daredevil. Mm. And you have to like clear 10 of something. And the, those somethings keep getting bigger. And you keep getting different things that you have to clear them on. <laughs> different vehicles. <laughs> And maybe it's a narrative thing. So, first, you're on, like, a tricycle and you have to clear- Ten toy trucks. Yeah, ten toy something. Um, But, like, as this goes, you sort of get a sense of this kid's uh, life Mm -hmm. and (laughs) their their goal, their dream to become an amazing, famous daredevil. Uh, And then, yeah, you grow up and then you're on, like, your scooter and you're trying to clear ten kids- Oh God! The, that might maybe that comes a little bit later. Th- th- this could maybe be, this could be a little bit scary. Uh, yeah, look, there'll be bruises. Mm-hmm. There may be broken limbs. Uh, I kind of like the idea that that's almost your scorecard, or or at least like it keeps track of how many limbs you break and at what age. <laughs> uh, in 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 pursuit of you know this grand daredevil adventure, <laughs> that is totally uh, different to the idea that I originally started thinking of. But we'll continue. Well, hold on this. to it. Yeah, we'll hold on to it. We'll keep going down this this path for a little bit longer. Yeah, um, so, okay, question. Yeah, how old is the main character? So well, are I you think going it's through like the it's years throughout their life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you're following them starts through off their at life. three, where they're jumping over things, exactly, and tricycle, and then yeah, after seven jumps or so, like it it moves to the next side. Yeah, and so I think the challenge comes from. The environment, so you've got to get up enough speed, but you might not be able to, you know, particularly in those early days, there's junk everywhere. So, you're having to kind of dodge around things to to get up enough speed um, to to go over the jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's challenge from- I think then there's also, like, dialogue trees and stuff in between, maybe, like, sort of decision points uh, that, you know, I don't think they have a major effect- and maybe they even originally have, like, a visual effect or something. But I kind of like the idea of this person really uh, building up their persona over the years. So, like, their final- when when you get and, and, and finally become sort of an actual stage performer, the, the name that's picked is is based on, you know, choices you've made in the past or, or even failures that you've had. Like, I really like the idea of a failure at, like, really- building into the story mm-hmm. and into your character. Um, so, you know, at age eight, your character tries to use a skateboard to jump over 10 dumpsters and you fuck it up 
And that's purely on the- Like, I think I think the player could do a perfect run. It's obviously really difficult. Uh, but if you fuck up, then it's the player's fault. So, but, you know, all right. And you hit that and you uh, broke your ankle- and that sets you back a certain way, right? In time, because you've got to wait for it to heal before you can start doing more things. And so maybe, maybe it means you don't get in as much practice or like you eventually, like if you fail a lot, you still might become a successful daredevil, but not until you're like 57. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what I'm, what I'm seeing is your progress will actually be halted and could actually slip back a little bit. Um, because effectively your daredevilness is being atrophied because you're having yes, too much yeah. time. Doing nothing. Yeah, I, I think each. Yeah, I think each successful jump gives you a certain amount of points, and maybe you can even assign those points to different um, to different things. And and they might just be pure gameplay things like acceleration, steering, uh, you know, um, airtime or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how light you are, uh, but then a failure. Yeah, it. Uh, I like the idea that there's this constant timeline going on, so you know what age you're at at any point. Um, but it. Says, okay, you've, t- it took you two and a half months to recover and these, yeah, these skill points have atrophied and you don't get to choose that. That's like random. <laughs> and, and if it's bad enough, then you've got to actually go through like the, uh, physiotherapy mini game and, um, yeah, sometimes well, there's rehabilitation. Get- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. They can be like rhythm games or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and the better you do it, them the faster you recover, and the less uh, the less you you lose your skills. But I also like the idea then that as you're getting older, like your life is getting in the way too. So, and I don't know if this should be a mini game or not, but you have to make choices about what's your day job, and that's going to affect different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do you like get into a relationship someone with someone? Do you have kids? Uh, what do, what do they feel about? <laughs> Your your dream, and again, this might depend on if you've done really well. Because I think once you get to a certain point, you can you can obviously start earning money from your stunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've done a really good run up to like twenty seven years of age, you might start getting, getting paid for it. But if you if you don't, then your choice of job is going to affect things in a big way because it's like how much time do you have to practice? Is the job physical that might lead to you know better skills? But until you've actually achieved enough to like make some money as a daredevil, it's it's going to play into it, right? Yeah, I, very I really interesting. Like it. It's basically a roguelike in a way. I think that you want to just try, a, you know, do a run, um, and maybe you can bring in roguelike elements of each run, like unlocks some new. Maybe it's just even new choices, like at each life stage, mm-hmm. you know, it unlocks a new job type that you can take. It unlocks a new option for how you deal with school or something. Or relationships or whatever. Okay. I real I realize I've done most of the talking on this, but I'm actually really excited about this idea and where it went. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the idea, Tell me about your I've, idea I've been continually mulling over in my head is while not listening to me ramble yes, on. Yep. Okay. The the word ten brought to mind an Agatha Christie story. Um Okay. The story is and then there were none. Okay. Um it used to be called Ten Little Indians, but of course that's a little bit on the nose, so they changed the name of the of the story after a while to And Then There Were None. And basically right. that's Is the story itself still completely racist? Um I'm just I'm taking the idea of there's a dinner party, ten people are there, one of them's the murderer, except in this game, instead of you trying to find the murderer, you are the murderer. So you've and got to actually to plan out name. how you how you can how you can take out all these other people in the best way that you sort of can and get oh, off so in, clear. So in the original the story, it's literally there's a murderer killing everyone. Yes. 
like knocking them off one by one. Yes. Okay. So the idea of it of it being like a I'm thinking of uh, I started thinking could this actually be one of those um, asymmetrical multiplayer games in which Ooh, like a bit of a spy party s you you as the um as the host you design the place that that this is going to be in you basically you can build up your level yep. um, using some prefab tools and that sort of stuff and connect them together <laughs> mm-hmm. and then multiplayer people come in and you in ingratiate yourself oh, so with everyone's a player so everyone's a player but it's only one of them only the murderer. one of them is the murderer okay so it's a little bit like that game um was it the boat built on top of i think the half-life engine no, no that was ship. a bit different i think in, in that the ship yeah i think in that one everyone had a target yeah. right yeah okay it's in this I, I see it as you've got basically everyone else who's there trying to work out who who is the murderer yeah okay yeah, that adds a bit. Because I was, I was thinking, what do the people who aren't the murderer have to do then? Yeah. Uh, because just sort of standing around play acting is not going to- No, it's not going to yeah, do anything. They- like, I, I think each person has, like, uh, some things that they, they want to do in in this place. Like, um, one person's a thief, so they're, they're looking for a safe that they need to get um, okay. stuff out so of. So, everyone has their own reason to kind of be Their own reason to around. be there and sneaking around. Um, and the idea being that you don't know, like- I, I like the idea that everyone's sort of been given a given a note say, by someone saying, you know, you've been invited to this and no one knows who the actual host is. So, I like the idea because I was just thinking, okay, like, because the benefit of that is if you're trying to figure out who the murderer is and you get points for basically, you know, accusing the murder correctly or something. And, and obviously, if you get it wrong, you get kicked out of the game or, or whatever or lose a bunch of points. Yep. Then, that, then that's really interesting because obviously you might find out who the murderer is moments before they murder you. Uh, or you likely will. Yeah. Um, but, of course, then you can't tell anybody. I was thinking about the metagame then, though, of, oh, like, what if you, you know, you talk to you're talking to your friend over Discord and you say, oh, so-and-so just murdered me. So, what if it literally randomly generates the names and, and appearances of all the other players per player? <laughs> <laughs> so, I might get killed by, you know, Dig, Dig Dug 72. Yeah. Uh, and I- I'm t- we're playing together and I say to you, oh, shit, the murderer is Dig Duck 72. And you're like, I don't have Dig Duck 72 in my game. And I'm like, well, it was, you know, the um, the tall guy with the black hair wearing the pink suit. And you're like, there's nobody. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Like, it's perfect. And then nobody can cheat. What I'm sort of seeing is, especially with having all the people have their own sort of things that they want to, they want to sort of, that they have to sort of achieve. They have to achieve. And, yeah. and you know, just um, different MacGuffins for each sort of character. Like- I almost like the idea that uh, a person has has the objective of keep this one person alive, right? And then that person has the the objective of put yourself in danger into 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 this thing <laughs> to to get this person's like, attraction and all this sort of stuff. So it's sort of like right, yeah. You kind of play them off, play the different play um, everyone off goals each other. off each other. So is the main goal to find the murderer and before they can murder too many people and then these other things are just bonuses or is it literally just like everyone knows there's one murderer but you're going to get the most points if you solve your own thing and if you happen to find out who the murderer is you can like knock them off or whatever like you can get them out of the game yeah or or more more likely i think it's more you're in it for yourself and what when and to try and do whatever you need whatever Mm. you need to do to get the most amount of points for yourself Oh, I wonder if it'd be it'd be interesting if you had to capture some evidence somehow of the murderer. Yeah. Um, 
before you could do any sort of accusation. I mean, I'm just imagining the sort of secret passages and stuff that, you know, I'd like I'd like the people to be putting in so that, you know. Mm. Well, if it was very much on a prefab basis, you could have that as part of the kind of um, the different prefab blocks. Yeah, you go into it's a like, room. Well, if you connect this one to this one, then there's always going to be a secret passage from here, but it might, you know, it might randomly lead to, again, depending on which other prefab blocks they stick together, it could go in different directions or something. And yeah. the game could kind of figure that stuff out based on the context of the blocks around it. Yeah, I like the idea of, you know, there being a candelabra that you can sort of pull and it, you know, does the does the switch around fireplace sort of thing. Oh yeah, totally. Um, getting getting those sort of things actually <laughs> happening, I I could imagine it'd be so much fun. Like you being the you being the murderer, you put in place early on that you know there's a cadaver that you've that you've got that you can actually kill like your twin brother and and you know show show that oh my god this person got burnt to a crisp and all this sort of stuff and then you you're literally <laughs> going through the rest of the game um taking everyone else out yet they don't ever think su- did. suspect it was you and just well i like the idea as well that in that sort of agatha christie style uh that every time a body's found everyone gets pulled back to like the sitting room uh everyone who's still alive or known to be alive and I don't know if you have to do anything there or if there's just a little like such and such died and, you know, what's going on. And, and you can sort of you have to interact with some other people in certain ways or you you can then like watch, OK, what direction is that gonna, person going to go on, go in as they leave yep. so that you're not just all off doing your own thing. It's like, oh, another person's dead. OK, we've got this kind of little fade to black and everyone finds themselves back in the sitting room uh, as, you know, de- bloody Detective Perot lookalike or whatever <laughs> questions people. I, I just I like the idea that there's basically each round is like five minutes. So sometime in yeah. this next five minutes, someone else is going to die. So everyone okay. goes, okay, we're all going to stick together, all going to stick together, all going to stick together, and then um, the lights like, go out. Well, well <laughs> I, I think what what could have happened in the previous five minutes is someone got poisoned. <laughs> right. So now- okay, you can have things that like cross over into yeah. So, I think- it, Is it a maximum of five minutes then? Is it if the murderer goes longer than five minutes without killing anybody, something happens or- um, They're uh, penalised in some way. Yeah, okay. Because um, you you got to make it- um, Of course, you don't want to go on forever. No. Yeah, that's interesting. And then and then I think- Because it could be an interesting trade-off then for the non-murderers. They've got their own tasks to go about. But if they suspect someone is the murderer, you know, they might have to decide, is it more worth my time trying to gra- gather some evidence if I think that- I'm correct about this. And that could be, it could be around the secret, like, oh, I know that there's a secret passage through here. So if I can look through this grate while they're in there and catch them murdering someone, then I've got my evidence and I'll win the game, basically. Um, but if I'm wrong about this, I might not have a chance to do my task and I'm going to not get any points. Yeah. What, I, what I'm liking is you could actually, you know, start leaving some clues that, that point to a certain person that you're, you're trying to frame into, into basically having done it. You could basically get one of the, one of the other guests to, to actually murder the, um, murder them. Like that, they, they feel so right. threatened that they, they end up doing the job for you. <laughs> well, and that's another thing that the sitting room scene could do is it could state some facts about the evidence that was found on the scene. Mm. Uh, without people having to sort of necessarily figure that out themselves, it could be like, okay, so and so is murdered, and like we found a size ten footprint, you know, in the blood, uh, or, or whatever, or like we found a blonde hair or, or something, and that could play into, you know, what all the other characters look like who are there. Um, and now whether they're always true or not, like who knows? And and again, you might be able to plant things to pe- put things off the scent, but you know, then that's got to be fairly. 
difficult to do. And yeah, there's some really interesting interplays you could have there, though, between those sort of different mechanics. Yeah, I'm liking the idea of setting traps. Like, um, someone goes to open the sitting room and there's a shotgun that <laughs> that gets let off <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Um, uh, I almost this is almost like a multiplayer hitman where everyone's hitman. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like only one person is supposed to be killing someone, but just in the way that you can interact with things and, and that there are all these sort of different inter interlocking systems. Yeah. Mm. I mean I mean it makes That's me wonder cool. whether you, whether you can actually do it with, with some very basic um AI as a first version that um you're trying to set up this thing and then the AI goes about trying to do some some of the jobs. So that you've got a single player mode as well, like a campaign sort right. of thing. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, um, that's definitely that's to cool. see how how it plays out because I mean you could spend hours making making these um these maps sort of things mm. only to give it a go. Yeah, that's true. I think they'd have to be like fairly basic map building in that yeah. you're not like full on laying out different secret passages and stuff. It's really just locking different rooms together in different configurations or something. Or, or um, what you, what you seeing- can actually do is you actually you create a um you create a map, uh, i.e. like Super Mario Maker like top down. Oh, okay. Um. And then, you know, so you're not always going to be the murderer, but you've, you've created a map that you think is, is actually pretty cool and has some, has some places for traps to be set. And then you have to one play person, through it. One person gets brought in, you know, basically they've got, um, a couple of minutes to set up some basic traps and then plan yeah. out, plan out, you know, the first couple of minutes or first couple of rounds of murdering. <laughs> and then everyone else, you know, they, they, one. they sort of get to choose their character during this stage. Right. So I think the the murderer do- during the character creation stage doesn't get to select a character; they just get to they get, get to randomly plan. generated one, but they get to plan out of yeah. it. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I like that a lot. So we just managed to do twenty minutes on one um, prompt. Shall we try for a third game of Ten Clear? <laughs> See if we can get through the whole episode on just Ten Clear. I could I could come up with some more. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking like a military thing, like clear, like the rooms clear, like a SWAT thing, maybe. Uh, SWAT five. <laughs> well, I don't mean like necessarily the like game SWAT, but just like you know, people when they go into a room or police officers or whatever, clear. Like the room's clear. Three to one, click. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> that would have been such a good gimmick for the episode. Switch. Grey. So this is the uh, Super Nintendo branded Switch. <laughs> you or went the, in a totally different direction to where I went. The NES branded Switch that they're going to bring out and uh, make a million bucks and then say that they they ran out. Oops. They've already done a SNES branded 3DS. So, yeah, well, they'll do the Switch for sure. And it'll be grey. That's what. Anyway, um, that's not a game, though. That's just a prediction. Yes. <laughs> so, where I was taking it is in the uh, <clears throat> technically, I'd say almost the conspiracy theory sort of circles. Greys. Which you frequent. Yes. Greys. Uh, are what they quite often mm-hmm. call the um uh, the, the, Ros- type the of Roswell aliens. Aliens, yep. yes. Um, so I like the idea that your character is a grey that was switched into S- switched into um a human a human host, basically disguised okay. in you know government or something like that, and now you've just been recalled by your um by your superiors because your mission was actually a failure. So can it be instead of like that you're switched into a human host? Can it just be that they switched you at birth with a human baby and you're just kind of- They they just say that you've got, like, this strange disease that makes your skin really grey and your head really big? <laughs> 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 it's 
got yeah sorry i've got like cranial desaturated uh <laughs> whatever <laughs> a, a thesis i don't know i don't know medical terms but you know something like that but anyway your point stands that you've grown up as a human and you're- so you're basically like a gray sleeper agent yep and now you're living in this world and you you get a message saying that your mission is a failure you need to you need to come home within 24 hours your hologrammatic image is actually going to run out. Oh, so you still got- I seriously want him to just look like a grey in human clothes and everyone's just like, yeah. Hey, Stephen. That's Frank. Yeah, that's Stephen. He's got cr- craniodesaturated feces. Uh, but he's a good guy. He's really- he's, he's a bang on with those numbers in the accounting department. And tell you what, get him drunk. He can- he can- like telekinetically make you a drink. That- <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, you get him drunk, he can fucking lift things with his mind. I swear. I mean, yes, I was fucking ten in the bag as well, but he did it. I saw it happen. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm. I am kind of liking this that everyone knows that he's he's an alien, and that's why he's failed, and that's why he's being recalled. But everyone else is. Well, like- no, I think they think he's human with a disease. <laughs> they just. It could be a bit more subtle. Like we could we could do the design a little bit more subtle than. Or maybe they like, maybe he's a hybrid or something. But it was the best the greys could do. Um, okay, but he's got just so he's pure got black aspects eyes. Aspects of it. He's got pure black eyes. His skin is a bit desaturated, and he does have a you know a, a slightly disproportionately large head. But it's, it's not bald. like yeah, and he's bald. But it's not like super. You know, he's stumpy with a huge grey. You know, it's not like fucking Roger from American Dad. And it's not Paul from the Although movie. He gets Paul. away with it all the time. People think he's human. <laughs> It's not what, sorry? Paul from the movie Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that movie the other day. It's actually really quite good. I did too. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It'll stand or something at the moment. Yeah, that's why I watched yeah, it. Because yeah. it came up in my feet. Um, we are being controlled by media. Uh, Without a doubt. Yeah, so, so okay. So, the mission has failed. What was the mission? Just to infiltrate? Just to infiltrate and not raise any suspicion. <laughs> well, I think I think he's succeeded. <laughs> Mostly. Uh I wonder if the reason he's failed is because he's getting too close to his human, uh, well, hosts, as it were. Not in that way, but, like, his parents and family. Yep. Maybe he's got a wife or a husband. Like, maybe he's really assimilated into, you know, human culture. Uh, and, and the game's very much about now he actually doesn't want to leave. Like, he likes being a human. Yeah. He doesn't want to destroy all humans anymore. <laughs> Another game that <laughs> started great. Uh- <laughs> I haven't thought about that game for so long. <laughs> uh, it was a good game. Didn't have a lot of depth, but no. it was. Uh, I like the style. Um, so, what what are we thinking from gameplay wise? I'm because it's narrative. I'm sort of pointing more towards like the the point and click adventure sort of thing. Yeah, I was almost thinking a bit of a like Life is Strange. Yeah, vibe. Life is Strange or a Telltale sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, lighter, lighter version of of lighter a- adventure fare. Yeah, not like not like deep on the puzzles, but. You, you know, you have to generally figure out where to go next and you get exposition and story and character development as you play. Yeah. You know, I like the idea of there being a few different choices as you go, a la your Telltale games of, you know, do you tell your boss that you're not actually going to be able to come to work tomorrow because, you know, you're you're moving away or, or do yeah. you come straight out and say, yeah, so it turns out that I'm an alien. <laughs> <laughs> turns out I'm an alien. Um, yeah, I guess, is there like- a branching storyline where you can go and meet your actual biological family. Your birth mother. <laughs> yeah. 
your birth blob. <laughs> uh, they don't actually like reproduce the same way we do. They all come out of a, a single amorphous blob per region. In fact, region. Their, their um their whole society is has got like only the one the one gender. The one gender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They both they basically all jizz in a big pile, and then <laughs> and then more greys kind of emerge. See, see your single parent and go, hi, mum, dad. <laughs> hi, mum, dad, jizz pile. <laughs> God. It does become sentient. So, it, it does uh, <laughs> slightly, just slightly sentient. So, it's kind of got some maternal, paternal instinct, uh, this this pile of, of alien grey juice. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's stop saying jizz and <laughs> think about- So, where could this end up? Uh- I guess, I guess there's one of two options. Like you go back to your biologic family and continue to plot to destroy humans mm-hmm. and their civilization, or you become president and. <laughs> um, I, I think this is sort of like you being recalled is almost like a sort of like what Rumspringer is to, um, to like the Amish people that you're getting called back to, to like experience what life is, is really like. For your kind. And then- oh, I thought you were going to say that the infiltration was like Romspringer, and now it's like okay, but now you got to come back to the colony and or, do your or, duty. Yeah, that, that could that could be as it. a grey. That could be it. So, did Stephen know that he was a grey this whole time? Uh, I think no. Yeah, I think that makes it a bit more interesting. Actually, like he's finding out that he's this sleeper agent, uh, or he wasn't meant to be a sleeper agent. It turns like he was meant to be just an agent. Yep. Uh, but for whatever reason, like. The previous communications that throughout the, you know, 33 years of his life prior to this were supposed to be briefing him and telling him about his history and what he's supposed to be doing here didn't get to him. Yeah. So, he's been um, sort of indoctrinated in, into human society. Yeah. He just thinks he's a human. But now he gets- he finally- they finally get a message through to him and, th- and they don't know that he hasn't been getting them either, which maybe is part of the reason he's being recalled because he hasn't done any <laughs> of his fucking missions. He's, he's got 36 years- uh, he's 36 years late on- on like all these reports, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like with <laughs> what's his alien name, Stofan. Uh, all, all, all I'm getting <laughs> in my head is close. the bloody alien from um, Community Glipglorp. <laughs> Glip. His 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 uh, his alien name is Stephen <laughs> with a ph, and uh, they're like Stephen Stephen Stofan. You have not. Uh, you've not. Put in your reports for the last time. We need those TPS reports. Total planetary suckiness reports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God. You're, you're being recalled. Your mission is over. You failed. And, and Stephen's just like, what fucking mission? Who are you? <laughs> uh, and that's where it all begins. Yep. Okay. So, I, I think what happens at the start is someone from head office gets beamed down to the planet and wakes yep. you up. In the middle of the night. Yep. And they're just like, why haven't you been answering our communiques? Yep. We've sent you 11,000 faxes. <laughs> what what, what I'm just like, well, there's your problem. What I kind of love is the fact that what they forgot to actually um, do was actually switch on, like, the um, the faster than light- The receiver in his- Faster than oh. light receiver. So, in other words, yep. all these messages have been going at light speed and they're not even going to arrive here until, like- um, like a thousand years or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of like the idea that that's what you sort of work out throughout the um throughout the game. Yep. That you yep. know there was no way that 
uh, Stephen could have ever got those those messages because they fucked up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know he's built a life here now. He's he's happy to stay here, but of course he doesn't want um, his new found planet to um to be exploded either. Oh, you know what could really tug at the heartstrings? Maybe his wife's pregnant, and he finds out that like it's not actually going to be a viable child or something because like grey and human hybrid DNA doesn't mix properly. Without outside outside of the womb, yeah, or just without like some genetic engineering, the child's just not going to live past you know three months old or something. Um, And so that could be a real pressure then for him to actually like take his family. You know, they say they'll save his child if he leaves his family, kind of thing. Like once the child's born, he has to take the child and come back to the grace if he wants the child to survive. Oh yeah, I took it there. Now you're crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, yeah, but that no, could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a really interesting, uh, like moral dilemma, though. There, that really, you know, gives you some something to think about as a player. What would Stephen do? <laughs> Still can't believe that's the name that you went with, Stephen with a PH. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I can't stop thinking about that. There's that meme with the dog with its like un- like underbite. Have you seen that? Saying Stephen. <laughs> No, I haven't seen it. I'll send it to you later. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, click. Defeat. Circle. I just realized I'm on very common, but that's fine. It's been working out. Hmm. Okay. All I've got in my head is basically um, a war simulator built on the rules of (laughs) (laughs) tic-tac-toe. Okay. (laughs) So, anytime you get like three tanks in a row, you win. Well, I I, th- I think it's it's sort of like um, think of it like a like a battlefield s game, um, okay. Where, where basically you got this huge nine uh, three by three grid, um, and what what you do what you've got is you got capture points dotted okay. over the map. Yep. Yep. And what you what you and your team are trying to do is capture points that make three three across or three you know three down three diagonal. However however you do, but while you're doing that, you're also trying to stop. The other team from getting um from getting from getting know, three. three. So so the whole thing is that yes the the win condition is that you've captured three points in in a place, but on your you know fifty fifty team fifty on one side fifty on the other or however many we're going to do, you've got battles happening all over the place. But the whole idea is that you've got to try and capture. Right. So it's more just about the overall win goal. Condition. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, it's not so the whole game that, that's tic-tac-toe, because that would be kind of boring. I'm just thinking that the, the way to win in this is your battlefield has to be- um The 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 uh, rules of engagement are, are based off of tic-tac-toe. <laughs> I love the idea that just both sides agree. Um, yeah, okay, that could be really interesting, because then you've kind of got this meta strategy of like, oh, shit, they've taken the center. Um, we need to actually just hold off, see what they take next, and then just block- so that we at least get a stalemate. <laughs> oh, but you can take it back. You don't. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but if they if they've like got the sort of momentum, then you don't want to let them like rush ahead and manage to get three. So you need to. It's like shit. Get all our troops to, you know, C one, section C one because they've taken B two and A three, and uh, we can't let them take C C one or we're fucked. Um. What I was actually thinking about was what are the um what are the sort of like 
uniforms that, that actually uh, that each of the team was sort of wearing. I think. Well, I think. Look, I think. Let's. I mean, I do. I do like the idea just in general of the tic tac toe wing condition, but because this is a comedy game, I mean, comedy show. Yep. <laughs> if we just make it literally like, and you all have tanks and guns, it's boring as shit. So oh, yeah. Let's. Uh, I think let's come up with what the units might be like. What's the over? What's this war about? What are the units that you get? What makes this interesting? Other than the the tic tac toe win condition, yeah. and do we somehow like are we trying to justify why that win condition is in place? Um, okay, so I'm seeing this that each team has a commander. Okay, um, they did that in some of the battlefields, didn't they? Yeah. So yeah. basically, you can you can't split your team. Um, you know this this is all about being a team game. You've basically got a set of defenders. Okay. That you that you can use, and then you've got an offensive team. So at any one time, you can be um, attacking two different places at once. All yep. you can do is deploy your your people into a into a certain into a certain section. Okay. So your so commander. They, is sort of this person- not just yep. segments of a single map? Are these six each separate maps that they can't travel between? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's basically you. If your commander sends you. To another place, as part of as part of you know this whole thing, you're stuck within yeah. within this sort of barriered off area. Okay, okay. What have you? So do you just get like teleported out mid battle if they decide to redeploy uh, you? Next next time you die, you will you will respawn in this in this new okay. section, or you can you can agree to the new condition and head you to get a like um, a yeah okay like a head a to a extraction point or something yeah yeah. I really All like right, the so idea of this- jump pad. Um, is this, uh, yeah, I like the idea of jump pad and, or like a big cannon and, uh, it literally blasts you up into the sky and you see the whole map and see in real time. And then you come down in the right, um, in the right quadrant mm-hmm. or not quadrant, n- uh, non, non, non Yeah. I, I like the idea <laughs> of, of, you know, if, um, that it's X and circle or cross and circle, um, when, when a team, Wins wins the capture point by doing whatever whatever they have to do to win it. I like the idea of like this big announcement that goes over of circle gets the square or something like that. <laughs> sort of sort of like in uh, I'm seeing it kind of like a Fortnite ish yeah. sort of over the top over the topness. Um, I definitely think that you know you you need to have x number of people sitting in in certain place uh, certain positions all over the battlefield. To actually, you know, flick a switch all at the same time to actually be able to flick the final switch. So, you've all got to work together as a team sort of thing. Right. Sounds really difficult. Um, but I do like the general idea. So, how would you do so, it? So, is this like- is this like? No, I'm just trying to sort of think of the general the, the general theme and stuff. Um, is this like future war then we're sort of talking? If you've got these big cannons and barriers and- yeah, I'm, I'm sort of it's thinking- stuff. I mean, the areas are probably about a- Each of the squares are probably about a kilometre by a kilometre. Right. Is this all a big game that, like, super powerful aliens are playing and pitting us against each other? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm thinking it's kind of like-, like this, is just, this is literally the way giant aliens play tic-tac-toe. <laughs> <laughs> the commanders are actually aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 
It's like the end of Men in Black, it zooms out when you win a game and it shows that you're this, like, giant alien looming over the whole battlefield and pointing where to go. Oh, that could actually be kind of cool if if you're on the <laughs> battlefield and you just look across and you see, like, this massive- um, this massive alien on one side and this massive alien on the other side. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, and you can sort of see what they're doing at, at any one time. Like, if you look up, you can actually see, oh, look, they, they're using this this pad to basically choose the- the um, Right. Where the next- Does that- Well, you don't want to be able to see what the enemies- Where they're sending their troops, though. No, not necessarily, but- um, But you just- Maybe you can see that they have pressed something. You yeah. can't see what they've pressed, but it's like, oh, shit, like- Big alien number one is moving. <laughs> They're obviously redeploying somewhere. Um, so, I like the idea that each each group has, like, a set of moves. Like, it's sort of like a turn-based of, it's your turn to attack. Okay, here's where you're, where you're going to attack. Okay, you only get to redeploy. Yeah. Um, is it- Okay, so is it that you only get to- Because I'm trying to think if, you, if, you, if you're literally being able to sort of attack in multiple places here- um, is it that you get another turn once you've taken a- or once each of you have taken a square or something, or after a certain amount of time after you take your first square? Um, like, maybe once once you take a square, you've got, like, five minutes, and then you get the opportunity to redeploy. Um, okay. So, you're basically having to either defend it or- well, or at least you can't- you can't redeploy to, like, an unoccupied square or something. Okay, so what if what if this was nine battles then? Okay, um, so well, it's up less to, than up to nine battles. So it's not necessarily once once an area has been won, they ca- they can't actually uh, go back there. What you've got is you've still got your fifty versus fifty, <clears throat> and the battle gets held out in in a square of of the um, of the commanders choosing. Then what what they sort of say in that in that square for this battle? Okay. You go off. You this team go over here. Over here, this team go over here, and you're sort of working out, you know, what the best sort of strategy from a coaching point of view would be. But whoever wins the battle, yeah, um, gets the square. Gets the square. Well, maybe it's about the strategy of while you're in a square, maybe you have to do something to be able to move to the next square, and you can only move to adjacent squares. Okay. Um. And so, if you win the battle, you basically get to choose where the next battle's held. Uh, and so, but but maybe you have to have achieved certain goals to like have unlocked the gate to, you know, the west quadrant from here because I took you know the the bottom middle and I want to go left. I want to take the the west quadrant. Then yeah, you not only do you have to have taken out the other team. But you have to have opened that gate mm. in that time or something, uh, and that allows you to to move into that next one. And then you have to battle there with like now the the same team is there. But if they win, you know they and and, and you take whatever. Obviously, you take whatever square you win on. Um, but there's some. It just adds some strategy around. Okay, where are we going next? Like yep. we've got an extra goal this battle because our commander says. And look, maybe the troops don't even know where on the quad, like what quadrant they're in. So they have they have to trust the commander. The commander is the only one who can say, "Look, you're like I need you to take the west gate." And you don't know if you're, you know, top right, middle, bottom middle. You know, you don't know where you are uh, as a player. Yep, as a soldier. All you can do is just listen to to what the commander's sort of trying to put out 
add in place. Yeah, um, and they basically just ping around and so I'm thinking what what you can actually have is like each each person is sort of put into a, into a group of people. Uh, so that like you've got squad. all the squads happening uh, within yep. each team. The squad leader can request for certain resources from the um from the commander. So the commander's right, sort of able to yeah. set got a resources out to, to different people. Of, like um, drops they can put down. Yeah. They they can sort of see what's happening in the battle from above and, you know, sort of um give give extra boosts to um to different people. But obviously if they see, okay, it looks to be five people coming up. Okay, I'll give a boost to this this squad. All of a sudden, this yep. squad gets powered up. They they can sort of, you know, defend a little bit more with a little bit of extra power. Their weapons yeah. get a little bit faster and all that sort of but stuff. But then the enemy commander might say, oh, shit, like, I'm not going to win this battle. I'm going to have to use one of my own boosts to at least even up the odds or something. Or boost out the five people who are sneaking behind and, yeah. and you know, taking out all these other people. Um, I like the idea that, you know, there's sort of like a fog of war sort of thing. But you can you can sort of right. You can see basically what you've got a view you of can what, see your what your people, people can, can see. see. Yeah, that's cool. So you got and then you can have and scouts again, if that this actually kind of, go out and, and basically. Well, say- and I like the idea that there could be a really lot of quite powerful things you could drop, um, where you could like teleport people across the battlefield, but you can't actually literally just move them. You have to give them a drop, which is a teleporter, and like ping where you want them to drop yeah. and it's up to them to kind of aim it and <laughs> so that I, I like the idea that there's a scout that you can you can sort of get up they go up a lookout tower and they can sort of ping where they need to need to um teleport to and yeah the um the commander can sort of say no 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 a little bit more to left a little bit more left yep go there yeah something like that or the commander just says look i'm dropping a teleporter here's the ping that i want you to go to and yeah they might need to get up to high ground to be able to see where it actually shows up on the map kind of thing and then they i don't know yeah maybe they need line of sight to set up their teleporter and and say all right i'm going to travel you know across you know what might be a fairly large map but it's going to then give the opportunity to like you said sneak up on and provide backup against a powered up squad yeah, uh, in a in a different section. I I kind of like the idea of this of the commander's view being like a typical World of Warcraft that has a fog of war, um, mm. for what mm. for what people can't uh, for what people can't see. So you can only see what's happening on the map as to what your people are, are actually physically yeah. able to see. Yeah, 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 for sure. But you just get an overview of what everyone can. You see. You know that you can. See, I think you can see the topology. Yeah. Um, because you know the area, like you've got information about the area, but you can't see any enemy units and stuff. Yeah, you can only see uh, enemy units appear if someone physically sees them in the game. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm th- seeing the uniforms as as like one side has like this big blue cross across their chest, and the and okay. the other team having a big red circle. <laughs> um. Yeah. Chest and back, so you can you can basically see. The colours and and of course you know the the fact that they're tic tac toe. <laughs> I just love something. I like the idea that yes, they have big crosses or big X's and big O's on them, but they're designed to be seen from above. <laughs> so like the soldiers on the O side are basically wearing kind of like a hoop skirt thing that hangs around them, and <laughs> and the people on the cross side just have like these sort of cross beams coming out from their waists. Uh, they're both really just awkward uniforms that <laughs> limit mobility, but like you can see them from space. <laughs> oh god, that's insane! Um, I'm starting to think that fifty may be a bit too much. 
Yeah, probably. Like, that's full-on Battle Royale, so I think it's more of a, I don't know, like, 16 on 16 or something. Yeah, 16 on 16 and maybe 500 metres by 500 metres, so there's- Yeah, particularly if you're fighting a lot of different battles. Yeah. It'd almost be like each one is a little bit of a skirmish. You still have some ground you need to cover each time, Um, but, you know, you wouldn't really want to last more than, I don't know, eight to ten minutes per per square, Um, because otherwise the game's going to go forever. Yeah, and of course, whoever wins the battle is going to get the square. So it's not about. Yeah. Well, so you're never going to. It's not often you're going to play nine squares, and it's not often uh, that you're going to actually play the full ten minutes. Maybe you've you've. Well, yeah, of course, you've managed to get um, your objectives done really, really quickly because you know you you happen to um, have a really good commander who who planned things out really, really well. Oh, and I like the idea that if you get a certain gate, if you get a gate open, maybe you get a bonus. I mean that might that might snowball things a bit and give you too much of an advantage for going for that first, but I like the idea of like a vehicle comes through the gate that you can then use yep. um, to basically finish off that that round. Uh, what, what I kind of like is that the vehicle itself is controlled by the commander. Oh god, yeah, okay, that'd be cool. The commander gets to come down and take control and just blast the shit out of the other team because then just just finish them off. Um, so, um, so but I'm the even, other commander, but the I'm other commander, because they've like saved a, up their boosts, could like turn it around in the last minute and like boost all their squads, and that might give them enough to to still turn things around and win the square. So I'm thinking that the um the truck itself is driven by by the commander, not physically as in you know they're they're actually using the controller and all that sort of stuff to do it. I'm thinking they're sort of clicking here and clicking there, and it's sort of just oh really? I was thinking fights. physically, like that literally um, it gives them the opportunity to. To get down. To actually get down and dirty and then play as a thing. I also like the idea that there are different commanders you can choose from and each of them has a different type of vehicle. So, one might, like, have a flying vehicle. um, One might have sort of a more tank-like vehicle. One might have a fast kind of motorcycle-ish vehicle that drops mines or something, you know. Yep. Um, But basically, yeah, it allows you to- It brings this challenging, powerful vehicle into the game. uh, But- yeah, I think gives the opportunity to still like if you take that out as the opposing team. You, I mean, I don't know if you get extra points because you're just trying to win the square, but I think maybe you mm-hmm. automatically win the square <laughs> because the commander has to forfeit or something because his mind was down in this fucking vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. It I like be. that. Yeah, that's some. There's some cool just stuff that hasn't been done before. I think those those commander type. Uh, asynchronous, uh, asymmetrical things often don't work out very well on large scale things, but I think if you pro- provided enough incentives, um, and the fact that the commander did get the opportunity if they played well to, to still sort of have, have a direct effect on the game like that. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that could work. Um, cool. I, the, I think the biggest problem that I've seen in the past when they've tried doing it is that person is still like, Fully on part the ground. Of, fully on the ground and part of the mm. part of the actual squad. So you've got to get someone who's actually willing to to jump away from that for a bit. Whereas if that was the actual role that it was basically you need a good commander who can see everything that's going on. And Yeah, I and think having of- it actually as a separate thing. And and look, then then the issue comes giving them enough to do without yep. having direct control. Um But yeah, I think with the boosts, with the fog of war sort of thing, with the pings uh, and look, it'd be fucking frustrating if you get a bad group of people who just don't follow what you do, what you do, what you want to do. But again, I think you could probably structure it in a way where you gave enough incentive to both sides to to listen and to um, command well. You know, yeah, yeah, like it. 
Cool. Three, two, one, click. Horse. Mm-hmm. Quantum. Quantum horse. I do like the idea of quantumly of quantum entanglement involving horses. Uh, So if one horse is spinning, the other one's spinning the opposite direction. (laughs) If one horse is running in one direction, (laughs) another one's running in the exact opposite direction. It always has to run in the exact opposite direction. Um, Well, look, and a quantum is is. like that doesn't have to do have to do with quantum physics. A quantum is just a unit, right? It's like a what does it mean? Oh, well, I guess it is in 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 physics, but it's the minimum amount of any physical entity involved in an interaction. <laughs> so maybe maybe this is about quantizing a horse. Uh, what's the minimum amount of horse you can have in a in a horse? What's the minimum amount of horse that equals a horse? Yeah, that still equals a horse. So maybe this is a weird horse crossbreeding genetic engineering like game that kind of uses something like the spore engine. Um, but there are certain and limitations. You're breeding on- out the whole thing of of horse, but you're, you're also basically trying but to say there needs to be this enough is still horse. a horse. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just a very fast sort of genetic algorithm. You can select for different things and, you know, slowly your, like, horse horse might go up onto its back legs and have just these little stumpy front legs, but it's still got a long face. It's still a horse. Or, I don't know, it grows an extra set of legs, but it's- and its and its nose turns into a trunk, but um, it, it's still got hooves and a tail, so you could still call it a horse. Or get this. <laughs> it's Quantum Leap- Starring a horse. <laughs> Wait, so, okay. I like this. I want to explore it. Is this <laughs> the, a horse's mind jumping into humans? And so, literally, these people in these different places, one of their loved ones suddenly just starts neighing at them and eating hay. <laughs> um, or- and like, stamping its feet to communicate. Or is it just one particular thing in which- um, What's his name? Um, Sam Sam Beckett Beckett um, jumps into jumps a into a horse. Okay, so it's just an episode of Quantum Leap, and Sam's jumped into a horse. <laughs> and fucking owl is there? Is it owl? It's owl, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just going. You're a horse, Sam. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Ziggy fucked up, <laughs> but we can't get you out unless you solve the thing that needs to be solved. Oh, so- and. <laughs> This weekend is the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) (laughs) And you're the favourite. So, get training. And don't break a leg. (laughs) Or you'll be destroyed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That'd be actually- That'd be a really good moment. Because, like, it's about to happen. He's trained up. He's ready to go. He realises that he has to win the Kentucky Derby to get out of this fucking horse. And Al's just like, all right, it's your big day. Break a leg. And and he's just like- and I was like, "Oh yeah, don't break a leg; they'll they'll put you down." Uh, it's yeah, sorry, and and then my he, bad. Then he jumps out right at the last second, just before right. you know the shotgun's just being before leveled, the win, and he, he yep. and he jumps out. Okay. Oh, and- before the shot. Oh, I thought <laughs> you say before before he gets killed after breaking his leg. Yeah, <laughs> that's the bad ending, I guess. There's got to be a win ending, and then um, he opens his eyes. And he's a shark. 
with horses for hands. And he's and he's um <laughs> and horses for hands. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a second. Um, and he's swimming around in the tank, and all of a sudden you hear a motorcycle going, and you realise that you're in that episode from Happy Days, and like <laughs> Fonzie's about to jump the shark. Because literally, this is this is where Quantum Leap jumped the shark. <laughs> right. The, the horse episode. Yep. It's going to go down in history as uh, Quantum Leap jumped the shark. Yep. They should have cancelled it. And yeah. And then that ties into our first uh, Evil Knievel game. So, that's well done. <laughs> okay. Three to one click. All right. We'll do one more. Down. Alarm. Hmm. Perhaps this is sort of an arcadey stealth game. Yep. Um, along the lines of, well, I don't know what it's along the lines of, but basically my thought is that you you land on top of a building mm-hmm. and the camera is from above the whole time. And it's a stealth game where you have to, like, go down elevator shafts and, um, you know, stairwells and- it's basically just a kind of shooter slash stealth game. Yep. But the cameras are from above the whole time. And you're having to actually, like, it's a this hugely secure building. And what you're trying to get is in the basement. Yep. But you have to start on the roof. And in, in like, the easy mode, you're on floor 25. In the yeah. hard mode, yeah. you're on floor 100. 125. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so- you know, there's going to be obviously a bit of challenge from the top-down view, but I like the idea of that perspective, like, just constantly looking down into the distance, particularly if you're, like, going down an elevator shaft or a stairwell or whatever. You just, like, get that interesting perspective right down, right down. you know, a number of floors of the building. I think there's a lot of- Because this is going to make the stealth sort of interesting, right? Because you're mostly, instead of hiding from people who are next to you, you're often going to be hiding from people who are below you. Yep. Uh, and so there's a bit of like ducking down, behind, you know, below behind a stairwell or behind an elevator as an elevator door opens or, or whatever. And I think they still do have shooting mechanics. Yeah. Uh, but again, you're going to be like aiming over the edge and down and and ducking back uh, to take cover. Yeah. So yeah, I think that could add some interesting things. Um, I like the idea that you can actually like set um well set off like some some sort of alarmed area so that you can draw people to a different area that you don't want, you know, you yeah. may put them on alert, but you're now away from this area as well. Like mm. you've drawn, you know, maybe 15 guards up here and they're now the two or three um, levels below you yeah. are, are clear, but it also means that everyone's on a high alert. So it's the risk versus reward. I wonder if to make an interesting, you could, maybe you can flip between looking down from above or looking up from below. Um, and so you could have people <laughs> shooting you from above, and it's like, oh shit! All right, I got to flip. Uh, and then you're like ducking, but under tables and shit, and and like peering out to shoot upwards. <laughs> I mean, that could get difficult when you're actually like on a floor. I'm thinking mostly in the sort of stairwell and, and elevator shaft levels, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's just some some areas you you can have that. Uh, I, I almost kind of like the idea of keeping this really quite simple and making it almost like a mobile game. Um, but you know, a premium, a premium high quality 3D mobile game. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe it's that your controls are literally like left and right, um, to to sort of move behind things, move around the areas of whatever room or, or elevator shaft or stairwell that you're in. 
uh, and then you've got like a, a, a some controls to sort of peer over and shoot, um, or maybe like jump down to the next level uh, from wherever you are. Yeah. So, what is the reason why someone can't just get into the stairwell and just keep on running down? I mean, people are going to be shooting at you and stuff. You're going to have you're going to have enemies to take out and. Well, yeah, but it's a it's a secure building, so there's probably alarm systems and like they can detect you in the stairwell. You have to, I think you have to do certain things, whether there are like laser tripwires or, uh, you know, hacking. You have to hack like a pad to get into the next door doorway or something. Like I don't think it's just a single stairwell that goes all the way down from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe in one particular case you can maybe get two or three floors down and. At a time, but you may yeah. have missed missed some things that um, would actually have helped. Well, yeah, I think you, you can get like again. I, I'm thinking keeping this fairly arcadey. You can get like a rappel power up that lets you at at an appropriate time, if you've sort of cleared enough people, jump over the edge of a stairwell and go down three levels, right? And you've made some progress, but yeah, maybe you've missed some points or some power ups or some whatever on the levels in between. Um, but you also yeah, you get points for the further the further down you get, sort of thing. Uh, and then, you know, you might have a grenade power or you might have a stealth suit power up or whatever, which, which you know, puts you back into stealth mode if you've set off an alarm. Or And so, I'm thinking it's sort of just a relatively fast paced, you're kind of moving back and forth around the outside of these, you know, rooms that you're looking down upon. And it could be that, I don't know, you, you need to go through some grates or whatever to get, like, it's not always stairwells and elevators, but I think that would be a large part of it. I think it's sort of, it's very much a bit of a twitch stealthy- Yep. Shooter. I think uh, one of the one of the power ups has to be a smoke pellet that you can just like throw yeah. down on the ground and you you just envelope yeah exactly this small little square in smoke and it, and yep. you know you can sort of um get then a, you can get, get away. away like you can break line aside and yeah yeah oh, smoke bomb <laughs> <laughs> run <laughs> or in a like in a in a Metal Gear Solid uh, homage you can you can get a, a, a cardboard, cardboard box, box power up <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, when, I don't know. but when you're in the box, anytime they see a cardboard box, you you have that um that alert sound of the um of you know the the uh, exclamation yeah. point going uh, yeah. above their head. I like the idea that occasionally they'll just shoot the box. Like they just, I know their fucking trick, and they're going to get away with it. They just like blast the box with an automatic rifle. <laughs> uh yeah. No, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that could just be an interesting little, you know, fairly small scoped. Uh, Arcade shooter on a phone. Yeah. Be cool. All right. Well, should we end it there? Yeah, why not? I think that was uh, some good stuff. I am still disappointed we didn't do clear 10 for the whole episode, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like like that would be a good challenge. Maybe- Listen, everyone out there, if you you, um, retweet the episode tweet- 50 times, if we get 50 retweets, which will never happen, on the episode tweet, then next, the next episode after that happens, we will do one episode off a single prompt for an hour. That's our challenge. To you to get the retweets and to us to not fail miserably at that time. If task. you get 50 friends to download and listen to this episode and, and tweet at us saying that um, we love this- and we love this idea of you doing a doing a whole single episode and they continue yeah. listening, then yes, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we get enough, if we get enough, we'll do it. All right. Anyway, that's the end of our episode. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. 
If you want to find the rest of our episodes, other stuff, our YouTube channel, our Facebook, our Twitter, it's all at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Head over there. Check it out. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Share it to people. Great. Share it. Tell people about it. Tell them to come and retweet our tweet and tell us that you want us to do that thing that we just said. (laughs) We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective. Uh, This is a fantastic little network. Uh, with a bunch of Australian gaming and otherwise podcasts. So you can check us out at 8bit.net slash bitstorm and take a look at some of the other wonderful podcasts on that network as well. We'd like to thank all the lovely people at the AGP and the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just a fun collection of Aussie and New Zealand people um, who just love gaming podcasts and just want to collaborate and help each other so search for hashtag agpn on twitter look for at agp network also on twitter or the australasian gaming podcast network on facebook finally we'd like to thank kuridas for the song mount defiance off of the album containment failure for the use of the song thank you that's it so thank you again for joining us this week on bitstorm i'm ben slinger i'm trevor scott count to 10 and clear see there's another one I could have done a doctor game. We totally could have done it.